0: me first I want to read out of John a verse out of John chapter 10 out of all Bible passages in the scriptures John chapter 10 is my favorite chapter of course we can think of you know John three sixteen, God so loved the world yeah great and God is speaking to his sheep years ago And I'm not going to preach about the shepherd today. Years ago, I had preached a sermon on the Lord is my shepherd. And I learned about the ministry of a shepherd. You know, something I caught while I was reading this last night, I had never saw before. And I've read this chapter, one of my favorite chapters, John chapter 10. And the Lord was showing me something. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheepfold. And what that means is that the shepherd, what he'd done, he he would corral his sheep. He would easily build a fence or a stone wall or even a cave. And he would gather them all in that area so he can watch them. See, no one could come in to that sheepfold. Unless the door was open. Uh Uh-oh. And the Lord reminded me that the Pharisees, at this time, between chapter 8, 9, and 10, were fighting with Jesus. And they were coming in to try to steal the sheep. They were coming in to give them another philosophy. Another doctrine. Uh, they didn't want you them serving Jesus. They didn't want uh, people following Jesus. But it's kind of like today. Religion gets angry when the power of God starts to move in the life of a believer. Because all they ever offered them was dead religion. Right? I was listening to a sermon I preached over here. I said, till God can do something with you, he has to get your religion out of the way. He has to take the thing, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. He has to take the thing that is hindering you out of the way. And most of the time it's religion. Most of the time it's, it's something that you hold on to that has nothing to do with worshiping God or surrendering to the Lord. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here this morning. I thank you for what you're going to do this morning in Jesus' name. Jesus is talking about his fold. his sheep. Listen, <laughs> I get a little humble when I talk about that because why in the world would he call us sheep? Sheep is about the most dumbest, indefenseless Animal on the planet. They can't fight with the wolves. They have no kind of special defense. If they fall on their back, <laughs> if the shepherd don't put them back on their feet, they'll die right there. And so I heard that years ago. I saw a, a, a video or something on it, and it's right, it's true. If a sheep falls on its back, it can't get up. <laughs> Why didn't he call us a lion, a bear, a ram, something with some, I mean, some oof and power. Dumb sheep. Sometimes Christians think they can take on the devil. And they go about it in their own ability. And you know what happens to them? The devil will make meat out of them. Because he wants you outside the fall. Come on, Holy Ghost. He'll pull you out through religion. He'll pull you out through selfishness and pride. He'll pull you out through all all the things that the flesh likes. He'll get you out of the corral, and he'll steal your soul. Jesus said all that ever came before him was thieves and robbers, which is a symbol of the Pharisees and the religious crowd. And they came, man, I feel it, preached. And they came out and they were sifting out the sheep. They wanted them out of Jesus' command. My Lord. <laughs> you remember in Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd. 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 Shall I shall not want or I shall not lack. He leaded me beside the still waters. Come on. He leaded me in green greener pastures. He restored my soul. A, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for the Lord is with me. You know, one thing about that passage ever caught, always caught me. He said, he lead me beside the still waters. You know what that means, Bowen? That water don't move, it's deep. That sheep goes on the side of that, that water to take a drink. And if he falls in with all that wool, he'll drown, right? <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying and you, and, you, and you if you fall in you're dead nothing wrong with drinking the water see sometimes we're going besides we're walking behind dangerous places and many christians are falling in many sheep are drowning okay See, we're not, we're not, a lot of people don't see that, and I, I do. I believe that in my own heart. I gotta guard my soul. I gotta look where I go and watch what I, listen, I was singing that little song. I, I made them sing that little, Lord, I cast all my cares. But there's another one I can... you remember this little song, a little kitty song? <laughs> Be careful, little lies, what you see. Be careful, little lies, what you see. For the father up above is looking down in my Lord, I feel that. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. For the father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little hands, what you touch. Be careful little feet where you go. (laughs) Be careful, little feet, where you go. For the father up above is looking down in love. Open the lane. Why are you singing a kitty song? Let me tell you something. That'll preach, hallelujah. Right. <laughs> kitty or not, praise God. Sunday school song or not. Come on. Yeah. I feel the Holy Ghost. You better say something. Amen. Or hallelujah or something. Ouch or something. Listen, God sees where you're at this morning. He knows where, you're, where you've been tra- tracking or, or walking or touching or seeing or hearing. Yeah. Or hearing. Woo. Let me read this to you. I'm getting wild up. Y'all better watch out. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. In verse 4, he says, chapter 10, verse 4 says, let me see. I, I think I'm in the right spot. Yeah. And when he brings out his own sheep, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you part of God's sheep? Yes. Are you part of his So he's bringing out his own sheep. Why does he bring them? He brings them in greener pastures. He brings them where they can feed or nourishment. He brings them where they can grow, right? Where they can can be filled with the nourishment of the Lord, of the shepherd. And he goes on, he says this. And when he brings, he brings out his own sheep and he goes behind them. No. He goes before them, Right? Because he's not going to go in a place, he's he's not going to lead you in a place he ain't going to go. Come on. In other words, he he prepared a place for you. A place of safety. A place of rest. A place where you can be filled. So his sheep follow him. He calls them out of the corral or wherever they're, they're put. And they follow him. And he says, Come on, Lanny Sheep. Come on, boy and sheep. Come on, Ray Sheep. Come on, everybody. come on. And he knows you by name, right? He calls you by name. So come on. Well, I just don't feel like the God. I don't feel like it, God. I don't want to pray today. I don't go to church. I don't read my Bible today. Come on, holy. <laughs> Look, you're right. It's hard to kick against a prick. He's either driving you or leading you, right? Come on, let's go. I got a place for you to to eat, to grow. And he says, and the sheep follow him, for they know what? I'm going to ask you a question. I asked my wife, we talked last night. I asked her, and I said, Jan, do you know God's voice? And that wasn't actually because you don't know it. I'm just saying, when God speaks to you, <laughs> do you know it? It's not, I'm not just talking about hearing things in your head. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about, well, the Bible says this. And that's all true when he speaks through his word. But I'm talking God speaking to you directly. Right. And there's something about when God speaks, it brings a confidence in you, a peace. It's almost like you, why, you know you don't want to question him, though we do. Because sometimes he says stuff that's not easy. You understand that? Listen, I had some things happen in the last few years where God has spoke to me. I don't like it. Because he showed me some things that are hard. Okay? Come on, Holy Ghost. It's not something I want to go and, 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 and sing songs about. He's showing me some stuff that, that would happen and has happened. And it was, you know, like, like, like today in society and what we're looking at in our own country. I'm hurting men for this, this country. I saw some stuff the other night. I was shouting to them that. And everybody, I said, I went to graduation. And I looked at these young people. I said, I've never seen someone weak, rebellious. Sorry-looking young people, I'm not trying to be ugly, because they're going to be the next leaders of this country. And if that's what's coming out of our society, out of our public schools, I wonder how much we're going to have leaders in this country. Anything's going to be fair game. Anything's going to be legal. Look at the bunch you got in there right now. Just think, in a few more years, it's going to be worse. If America doesn't turn, it's back to the Lord. Back to the Lord. And I talk about, there's no, they have no leaders. There's no Jesus to lead them. There's no word of God to, 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 to direct their paths. You know, that commandments on those walls, when they took that away in 1963, a year later, you know who moved into America? The Beatles. With their ungodly, atheistic, God-hating spirit, the, the young people started following them. We took prayer out. What do we have today? Amer- I'm, a mess. Listen, America has never been in a mess. Anymore. But men got in a place where they thought they can take the place of God. And they can't. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord showed me through study. That in those corrals, there was one door. And he, you know, the shepherd would sleep at the door both all night long. Because if that sheep would come out, he had to jump over the shepherd. He had to cross over the shepherd. And he was intimidated because if you wanted to get out of the corral, you had to first pass by the shepherd. Some of you might say, well, I don't know if this faith is worth it. You've got to pass by the shepherd. Some of you might be discouraged. when well, You've got to pass by the shepherd. Listen, the devil wants to drag you out of that corral. The enemy wants to take you away from the safety of God and the safety of Jesus. You've got to jump over the shepherd. Right? Amen. And I said I, read, I said, I never saw that before. I knew he was the door. Come on. But I never pictured him laying all night. Every day, only way, only time he got up is when he lead him to pasture. Okay, Tell me to Deuteronomy, chapter five, and I'm gonna kind of stay in there. That, that, that and I'm gonna just kind of paraphrase some other verses, but Deuteronomy. I was telling Bowen was talking about. Uh when you read in Deuteronomy, especially chapter 29 28 all the way to the end, 34 you deal with the very nature of God, all right? What does he feel about sin? How does he feel about you know and you know, I, I was reading and I was kind of getting depressed. And it wasn't that I was in a wrong way cuz I was understanding what's God's character. How does God feel about certain things? Listen, as much as you want, believe it or not, you can't erase him. You can't put him out and say he's, he's, he's insignificant. He is the life and breath of everything that lives. And there's nothing more valuable than his word. Because his word breeds life. Come on, Holy Ghost. You're going to wake up this morning. His word breathes hope. His word breathes faith. And like I said this morning, you get that out of the way, the devil's going to kill you. I don't have no shame in saying that. You take faith out of the way. Faith in the devil, that you're open target. You're dead. Because the Bible talks about a repubated mind or a, depri- a mind that has decided to defy. To def- Apart from the Lord. That person, if you read the, the history, I mean the, the definition, it means a mind, a repubate means a cast off. Very possibly can't even come back because he has let his mind or her mind go so far from the Lord that, that, that they can't come back. Now, I'm not to judge it. I don't know where a man or woman's heart at. But it depends a lot on what they, how they look at Jesus. Right? Deuteronomy. Chapter 5, verse 22. Let me turn to my spot. Now watch. Moses, <laughs> listen, I, I studied the life. I, I read about Moses. This man had a lot of trouble. Oh, my God. God had set these people free from all kind of misery. Mighty miracles. He plagues in Egypt. He plagued the, the nation of Israel with ten miraculous pra- plagues. You know, you look at that stuff and, and all of a sudden they cry to get out of Egypt. And it didn't uh, take long. They were starting to cry. They got by the Red Sea and, 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 they there, and there comes Pharaoh's army. Pharaoh's army decides to go after them after he has let them go. And they're murmuring against Moses. They're stuck in a spot where they can't leave. And he ever studied the geology of of where they were. You know, there's a place, only one spot on the Red Sea, where the mountains on both sides. And there's a path that goes into that place on the beach, and that you can't get out. God'll put you in a spot where you can't get out. Come on, Jesus. Listen, they were stuck. Pharaoh was going to kill them. You know what I'm saying? He's coming to get them. After all, their God killed all the firstborn of Egypt. You remember that story? So Pharaoh, Pharaoh let them go, and all of a sudden he got angry, and he's heart hardened again, and he's going after them again. And they're sitting on the side of the Red Sea, and they're complaining. Was there not no graves in Egypt? That you brought us to die here in the wilderness, under the chariot wheels of Pharaoh. And look, when you understand God's character, what kind of anger you think was rousing up in the Lord, right? Tells Moses, stretch your rod over the sea. Moses stood in that one spot all night long. The wind started to blow, and all of a sudden, he parted the Red Sea, and they walked over on dry land, and God delivered them that day, and they got on the other side, they started singing songs of praise unto the Lord. God was great. God did a mighty miracle. He was great. A couple of days later, guess what they're doing? So we we forget so fast, right? We forget so fast of what God has done for us. And we we don't remember the things of his mercy and power and grace. Listen, I can sit there. If I wouldn't be here, if it wouldn't be for him today, I'd be dead. Be living or living in the world and living in passions and sin and destroying as much lives as I can. Because I wasn't God's child, right? But now, here he says this. Let me read this to you. They they make the long story. They start complaining about water. And all of a sudden, they finally get to Mount Sinai where God spoke to Moses. And they said, we want to hear God ourselves, Moses. (laughs) Listen, if you listen to me anything this morning, listen to this. You don't want to hear God yourself. I want to as a Christian. I want to understand. But he got up. And they was demanding, so God spoke to Moses, said, Go tell the people to keep away from their wives, wash themselves ceremonially, like a baptismal type thing. But anyway, the third day come. And they gathered on the side of the mountain. And guess what started to happen? Trumpets started to blow. That mountain shook. And God was speaking these ten commandments to them. And it was a fearful thing. Listen, they were standing in the presence of a righteous God, but mostly an angry God. A God that already said, told Moses, I'm going to destroy all of them. A a God that was angry with their rebellion. And he wasn't going to, Moses interceded for these people. Listen to me, praise God. You better thank God when somebody's praying for you. Moses went and interceded for these people and, and, and God spared them. But it says here, they wanted to hear God's voice. Oh, Deuteronomy 5.22. Let me get in my spot. Well, Yeah, 5.22. These words the Lord spoke, and he was talking about the people on the side of the mountain, and God spoke his Ten Commandments to them. See, Moses went and received the Ten Commandments before God had spoken his Ten Commandments to them, and he went into the mountain after this, and, and God wrote them on stone. I mean, he gave it to and and But anyway, I'm not going to get into that this morning. These words the Lord spoke unto them, to, the all, to, to all your assembly. And Moses is addressing the, the children of Israel. In the mountain from the midst of the fire. I'm reading from the New King James. The cloud and the thick darkness with a loud voice. And he added, no more. This is all he said to them, really. That's what he's saying. He says, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. And Moses is actually, re- he's, he's re-speaking back. These are, he's speaking to the children that had come after the 40 years in the wilderness. You remember? In other words, nobody was, and he was telling me to get ready to go back into the promised land. And he said, he was he's rehearsing what had happened. And and God is speaking to to a new generation of believers. A new generation of Israelites. And he's reminding them what happened. At this mountain. So he says here. uh, Verse 24. And you said surely the Lord has shown us his glory. And his greatness. And we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. which Which we have seen this day. It says that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. <laughs> Come on now. This don't happen too often. That God will speak verbally. To uh, I had it happen once or twice. I've heard his voice verbally. I mean uh, audibly. But I most so heard his voice in my spirit. You get what I'm saying? it's not too often God's going to speak out. What he has now is his word, right? His word speaks to us. And we're to fear God as God himself speaks to us. And it is. As he's standing in front of us and telling us this. You ought to fear when you read that book. You ought to fear the judgment of God. You ought to fear. See, see fear is not a bad thing if it's applied to, the, to God in our faith. Because I said faith is, is fearing God, right? Fear is faith in the devil. Godly fear brings a holy life. Godly fear brings righteousness, right? And obedience to the Lord. Amen. Somebody say, ouch or something, <laughs> Don't fall asleep on me yet. <laughs> uh, and it goes on, verse 23. So, 25. where am I at? Praise God. You read? you on 25. James. Okay. Read, yeah, I'm on 25. <laughs> okay. My letters are small. <laughs> now, therefore, why should you, we die? And this is people telling Moses listen, you can't talk to God and live. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. They, they, they wanted to hear his voice, but it changed their mind. Listen, when God's going to start speaking to you, you're going to change your mind. Because he might say something you don't want to hear. My Lord, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. He might say something you don't want to hear. See, it's good to hear God when he says, I love you, son or daughter. I want to bless you. But what if he says you're in sin? And if you don't turn from that sin, I'll kill you. Oh, God, Don't oh, wait a minute now. God's a merciful God, and he's long-suffering. But if we're going to fight him and denounce him in our hearts, there's nothing in the scripture that says God has to bless you, right? When we rebel, see, we want to hear his voice, but we don't want to hear what he has to say. We want to hear smooth things. See, we've gotten to the point where God's voice is all smooth now. It's all nice, and everything is blessings and love. And and you you know what I'm talking about? But when God deals with your heart and tells you it ain't right, and if you don't stop it, I'm going to turn my face from you. Listen, this is not the only thing that matters right now, and the only thing that sustains God's faith over your life or or righteousness is the blood of Jesus. That's what I'm saying. You better never walk out from under that blood because He's coming. See, when it comes to you, to you and he deals with you and you don't want to do it right, the blood is the shield. I don't understand everything God has in my life, seriously. I don't understand everything about him. But I know he has a character. When you read the Ten Commandments and when he's speaking to these people, he's speaking his character. How he feels about sin. And these people hearing this, and guess what they say, Lord I mean Moses or God don't speak to us Moses you speak to the lord we we'll listen to you don't let god speak to us <laughs> lest we die <laughs> oh we want revival oh yeah <laughs> what about like, what about the revival they was having huh There's only one thing God demanded from them. You better repent. I'm giving you my law. I'm giving you my Ten Commandments. I'm giving you my character. This is what I feel. But, you know, and I'm going to bring this to the good side, okay? It's all good. It's why it's important that we apply the cross in Jesus in our faith. Because that's the only thing that stops, my God, the judgment of God. You understand that? I can't baby God and make him look like I want him to look. The Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. What appeases the heart of God? The blood of Jesus. What's gonna stop the wrath of God on you? The blood of Jesus. What's gonna stop his judgments? the blood of Jesus. Come on now. If you're a Christian today and you're feeling like you're drifting from the Lord, stop it. Go forward. Get away from that rebellion and get close to the blood of Jesus. Yes, because that is the answer. My Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but man, I... <laughs> and he said, Surely the Lord our God has shown His glory in His people. Talking to Moses. And, his, and in the midst of Of the fire, we have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord, our God. Listen, I know in my life, and there's times, y'all seriously, I've, I can count about six times. I've always heard his voice. I see I, through, through the spirit and, and I mean through, through reading the word. But there's some definite things that God has spoke into me for me, okay? And I can't argue. I can't debate it. I knew it was God. I remember a few times when, when I, before I came back here to pastor this church. Well, I started and I was just, you know, I was excited and I, and I heard him, I was in my dump truck, sitting at the sugar mill, waiting to load up my dirt. And the Lord says, son, I've called you. Brother, and says, I'm going to tell you something. I wanted to weep. It wasn't like something I thought in my head. You know what I'm saying? It was just something I imagined. He says, I called you. And he says, I want you to do this. Preach one way. And preach the blood. Right? Preach one way, preach the blood, and I sat there and I was weeping. Listen, when you hear God's voice that way, you're gonna weep. You're gonna weep. It's not. It's not an imaginary thing. It's not something that you imagine. There's things I heard. I, you know, I, I'm still waiting on the answer. Matter of fact, about five years, I was going in new beginnings. Me and my wife, and and we're getting old, and I'm thinking about we don't even have a. That's stupid stuff. I'm serious. We don't have a, a, a tomb or nothing. Very frustrated. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, don't think about that. You think about life. And listen, I'm weighing this out in my spirit. He said, I felt that way. I, and listen, I'm still praying. He said, I'm going to come in your lifetime. I don't say much about it because, I'm, listen, you tell people that and say, well, you, you died. But Linda died and God didn't come yet. That's not what I'm talking about. Talk, and I said, well, man. I figured I hope, pray, I can get to 90 100. But I'm sixty years old right now. So if he's if, if if what I heard is the Lord, it could happen tomorrow. And the more right after that I started seeing the trend of Coven and i seen people, I'm starting to know people rebelling against God. And Christians are getting into sin and getting into false doctrines. And things are so happening so fast. It, it, during that time when he spoke to, that me, to me, and I saw the rapid decline of the church. The great falling away. And I'm, I'm telling him from my observation, okay? And that's why I believe he's coming soon. So I don't want to get to the point... People say, you better check out when you hear from the Lord. Seriously. I'm still searching it out. I want to know. I want to, I want to be sure that if God said it, it's him that said it. It's not something I cooked up the mind because it's like the time the, uh, in my dump truck. I felt the same way. And it's almost like a voice. I'm in mean, a strong voice. It wasn't a confusion in my mind. It wasn't something I cooked up. It's just all of a sudden, I heard it. And it scares. It scares me because I know what's coming. All right. I know what's coming in America. When I see more people drawn, Christians drawn to false doctrine and false teachers, you know Jesus said that was the very first thing in Matthew twenty-four when He talked about what shall be the sign of Your coming. And then, take heed that no man deceive you. That was the very first warning that Jesus gave in Matthew. But they wanted to hear his voice. And when they heard it, they ran. It's not this little baby, man pammy pamby voice, as you so-called here in the modern church. This was powerful. They said, if we see it, we're going to die. <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't sustain that in us. We... So he gave them Moses, the prophet, the man of God. And Moses spoke to them, God's word. I can't get into all of it, but close your Bibles. I'm going to read you some paraphrase, okay? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, Paul, Paul speaks about this, this same incident. About the people rebe- uh, hearing God's voice. Whom the Lord spoke from the mountain. In Psalms 42, verse 2, and this verse stuck out because... How many of you thirsty for God? How many are hungry to hear his voice and hear his word? I've never been more hungry in my whole life, y'all. Because it seems like the things that he said in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, all these prophets are at hand. The mark is there. We got the ability to to, to tag. Right now in, in the world, they can tag every American, every Englishman, every Russian, every German, anybody in the world and know exactly where they're at at all times and knows if they're Christians or Bible believers or they'll know all of that. When we leave here right now, Janice will tell you, on Thursday nights, especially, I got to, right when I start my truck, uh, Potage, Potash, so, so many miles away. They know where I'm going. Come on now. I'm not lying to you. They know I get up Thursday nights, come over here, and, and it pops up on my phone. But we're in the times where God is going to judge. God's going to, I tell people, last time I was ministering about the rapture. The rapture is a, uh, or tribulation is, a, is, a, is to me, it's a way to let sin destroy itself. It's to bring judgment on the devil and the antichrist and the false prophet. At the end of this tribulation period, they're going to be dealt with. They're going to be thrown in the lake of fire. And they're going to be forever and ever. Because okay, Satan's going to be turned loose. And he's going to be in a prison. But he'll be turned loose for a short season after a thousand years of reign of Christ. To come out and see. I don't get into all that stuff. But there's so many fearful things that's coming upon the earth. The judgment is setting. I don't want to be here. Okay. Somebody say, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have to, there's nothing that says you don't have to die for Christ. They've been dying for Christ for thousands of years. But I don't want to be here when the tribulation happens. I personally believe that I'm going to be caught up, okay? I'll believe, and that's me, okay? I got to apply myself to God's word and understand that if I'm confessing him as my Lord and Savior, and I live for him, I'm going to go to heaven the Lord when the rapture happens and you need to do the same thing okay but he says here my soul thirsted for you for my God in Psalms 20 that's the problem there's not enough people in the church thirsting enough for this they're not thirsty for God's word The Bible says in the last days, there's going to be a famine in the land. Not a famine of food and water, but a famine of this. You know how many Christians don't read it? Come on, Holy Ghost. You know how many Christians push it aside after Sunday services? They just put it till next Sunday? They they, they don't regard it? They don't. They, they only put it on when they go to church. <laughs> Ooh. It's like a religious jacket you put on on Sunday morning. When You get back home, you put it back in the closet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They figure that one day of <laughs> one day is enough. I got listen. I'll give God one day. I'll give God. Sunday, but I got the rest of the week for myself. Oh, you in trouble? My soul thirsts for the Lord. Right? It says, "Why were the the the." Uh, Fearfulness, where is the fear of fearfulness? Because we've lost the fear of God. See, you see, what, what happens when you're dealing with the spirit and the flesh? See, right now, there's, there's a, a battle between what's spiritual and what's of, of natural, Physical. And as a Christian, we need to center ourselves on what's spiritual, right? Of course, we have jobs, we feed our family. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how much time have you applied? See, the people, they were complaining all the way through the wilderness. We want to hear God's voice ourselves. Yeah, yeah, sure you do. We were were just as spiritual as Moses. If you read the story of Dayton and and, uh, Korah, they were Levites. Why should Moses and Aaron... Be the only one who could go into the temple and offer up. And what happened with them? God had to open the earth and swallow them up. <laughs> because they thought there was a spiritual. Let me tell you something. I'm not the best preacher in, in town, but I'm the pastor here. And I'm not trying to be arrogant, seriously. If God would have called you, it would have been the same thing. God has put a man of God over your life for the purpose of strengthening your faith. Come on, somebody. And I, I, Like I said, I, I, I'm not... Listen, I have issues in my own life I'm dealing with. But as for what matters to me right now, I'm getting to the point where I just want to take care of this church. I want to help you grow. I can't guarantee you you're going to make it to heaven. You have to guarantee. You have to secure that. You can't, we don't sell candles here or capitalists to get you a free ticket into heaven. <laughs> Come on, we, you have you have to make the decision for yourself. Do you want to hear God's voice? Yes, I do. Is it going to be a pleasant voice? Is it going to be something you could listen? I rejoice when God ministers to me. I rejoice in the presence of God. I love to hear His voice, but when He starts singing "Lenny, holy boy, this is what I, this is what," I, listen, it gets a little bit more different because as righteous as you think you are, you're not perfect. <laughs> Well, as, as holy as you might think you are, you still have some issues. Who's the problem, Yvette? What, what, what? Yeah, us, right? Like I said, don't open the dictionary and look for it. It ain't in there. Us is the problem. When us gets in the way, when us steps in the way, God's voice gets quiet. Oh, I'm almost finished here. <laughs> Us is the problem. Okay. It says in Romans chapter 3, 4, let God be true and every man. A liar. That's it. Romans a liar? Bombs convicted. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Listen, like, who be true? God. Who's a liar? I'm the liar. <laughs> Man. Man. Man's wisdom. Man's glory. Man's opinion. Man's way. That's what he's talking about. Uh, is a liar. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 12 says, God's word is like a two-edged sword. Cut going in. Cuts going in and cuts coming out. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what a sword feels like, but I know what a thorn feels like. I stuck a couple of them in my foot as a, as a young man. I, I stuck a catfish bone in my foot. Oh, that hurts, man. Yet, sure. But a sword? Like a, knife. a knife? A sword? Slices going in and slices coming out. It divides the joints and the marrows. Let me read this to you. And it says, it knows the intent of your heart. It knows everything you're thinking. They got so many people that say, I heard God's voice. Oh, yeah. And God just, mean God's like this, we're buddies. You ever heard that before? We're chums. Me and God got together. we We're buddies. You're not talking about the God of this Bible, man. Because <laughs> buddy or not, buddy, you ain't going <laughs> to. If he speaks to you and he appears to you, <laughs> all you're going to know is the floor. <laughs> buddy, he's so glorious, man. He's so powerful. And you know what? Buddy, I ask myself that question. Why is he mindful Is he even thinking about me? What manner of love has the Father bestowed upon me? I should even be calling his son. Why does he even bother with me? Why does he want to mess with me in the first place? I had a little sign one time. I said, Lord, bless our mess. Bless this mess. Bless this this mess, Lord. Okay. it. Okay. Two-edged sword going in. In Revelations also talks about Jesus coming back on the white heart. What's going to come out of his mouth? A two-edged sword. Which that sword is the word of God. It cuts. It cuts. Listen, if you're not looking to be cut, just assume stop serving God. Oh. My Lord, I don't want to make it sound. If you're not willing to be cut, if you're not willing to cut the, 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 the sin out of your life, let the word of God cut you, you're not willing to ready to serve God. I'm telling you. Let me let me read this to you. I'll finish, okay? I got two two little things. The Word of God is the measuring stick that Christ will judge by. So God, he's gonna get in heaven. He's gonna look at his Word. What what did you do with my son Jesus? How did you live for me? What did you did? Listen, I didn't write this, okay? I didn't write. I wish I listen. If I'd have wrote it, it'd have been easier. Because we could fill this church up tomorrow. Amen. Bible according to Lenny, You could have a full church. Oh, okay. But in it, ain't according to Lanny. <laughs> Let's make everybody feel easy and good and happy and, and fun. <laughs> I learned something, Lanny, years ago. This is not a happy Bible. <laughs> not a fun Bible. It's a holy Bible. Right? you was saying that, and he's right. And yeah, a preacher got up there. He says, hey, man, I was reading this in the Bible. We don't need this today. <laughs> he cut it out. And after a while, he's, every, every week he's up there, and he's, well, we don't need this today. Don't pay no attention to this part of the Bible. And he's cutting it off. And like Kevin, all he got left is the, the cover. <laughs> what are you going to do with the word holy? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> you, <don't>, wait. <laughs> what is he going to do with the word Holy. It's a holy Bible. Okay. It says, God, the word of God is the measuring stick. Man, is not the measuring stick. You're not the measuring stick. This church is not the measuring stick. God is the measuring stick. He measures by his word, okay? And one more thing. God's word separates the spirit from the natural. Wait, how does that mean? It means that his word discerns what is flesh, and want a spirit. So ask yourself a question next time you're fighting God, when God's speaking to you. And see, you remember I told you that story about the two dogs? Yeah. 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 Which one's going to win? The white one or the black one? That's the one I feed the most. <laughs> that's the one that's going to win the battle. Right? Stand up, praise God. I want, to, I want to ask you a question. Seriously, I'm not... If you need to, you need to talk about spiritual things I'm there, you can pick up my phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm here. But I realized something. As Much as I love my wife, she has to make a choice with God and vice versa. I think about my kids, y'all, seriously. I said, Lord, I don't want to lose none of them. My children are the dearest things to me. Listen, I'm a, I love you. I think you're great people, but I love my children more. Well, Brother Lady, no, you do the same thing, right? Don't tell me you're going to tell me you love me as much as you love your daughter or son. You'd be lying through your teeth, right? Because why? Because you have a covenant with them. They're your children. And the grace that you offer to them, you will not offer to me, right? They can go at your house, open your ice box, mm-hmm. make a sandwich, get them, get, them a, get them, whatever they want. What if I go to your house, just walk in your door, and go in my, and you say, "Oh, it's like, can I make a, give him a hamburger and make a sandwich?" He say, "What about Lenny's doing?" Oh, no. no, 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 no. I know, but no, but seriously, in your heart, you might. No. He has no respect for my house. <laughs> what if I do that? Well, how would you feel? I feel the same way. If, I mean, as much as I love you, ask me, I'll make you the sandwich myself, but you go get it yourself. Grab your pop out of there and grab you some milk and, oh Lord, I don't want to talk about Oreos. I bought me some chocolate Oreos yesterday. I um, mean, a look, chocolate all the way through, man. I said, Lord, a glass of milk. Don't ask me to do nothing after that, praise God. <laughs> yeah, you won't, I'll bring you. <laughs> Listen. When I sit in the afternoon working all day and I sit in my little chair and I get my, my cup of milk, my Oreos, don't ask me for prayer. Don't call me for spiritual matters. At least you're going to let me finish with my Oreos. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you know better than that. I'll, I'll, I'll throw them stupid Oreos away. <laughs> Listen, I... I I think Oreos are addictive. I think there's a spirit behind the Oreo. Right? I don't think you can just eat one. <laughs> but <no. laughs> But honestly, I open a bag or the, whatever the carton. You know, they got a little flap now. And I look in there and I say, how many I want? I don't leave with at least four of them. Four of them. But... <laughs> They're addictive. Just think if we'd be like that toward the word. I can't wait to, I can't wait till I go to, go read the word today. Man, God's gonna feed me something good. Man, I'm gonna lift. It. Come on, I'm hungry today. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Just think if we felt like that towards. <laughs> Listen, go buy out some more Y'all not gonna be sinning, okay? <laughs> Just a spiritual lesson. <laughs> I told somebody I, said, I got a chocolate demon, man. I need, I need deliverance. Hallelujah. But anyway, if you're hungry today for the Lord, don't, listen, we, we don't mind getting up. I think I'm gonna go to McDonald's today, or I'm gonna go to, you know, such a, we get up and we go. But God says there's a hunger in our spirit, right? And we just we ignore it. Oh, I'm not preaching no more. God says, I want you to pray. We say, well, not now, God. I want, I want, I want you to seek my word. Not now. I want, you to, I want you to go to church. Not now, God. Come on, somebody. You get where I'm coming from? And I'm not picking on anybody because I have the battles, okay? But I, when I get, I mean in the morning, is me. This is me. I got, a, I got a prayer clock in my gut. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. That thing goes off just about every morning at 428. Why? What, what is it? What, why 428? Jen's tell you she's there? And you know, I drag foot sometimes. And I get up and I say, wash my face and get a cup of coffee. Put it on the window seal. And look, I sit there and listen. Oh, my God, Jesus. When I obey him, in the time he called me, the presence of the Lord fills that corner. I'm weeping before him. man. But if I take it for granted, I'm going to get it. By such an, gonna, you know, you, it's hard because we all work. Seriously, it's tiresome. But when we make that commitment, your spiritual life grows, and it changes, right? I know. I'm, I, I, I've had it happen many times. I'm praying. My wife's laying there, and she's praying with me, and we're praying praying together. Listen, if you want a good marriage, pray together. Come on, somebody. If you want good children, pray with your children. Come on, Holy Ghost. Boy, so you don't got no children. Pray with your God. dog, hallelujah. <laughs> you no dog, you okay. Well, <laughs> hallelujah. But anyway. Let's pray. Now this is between you and God, all right? I wanna I just I'm I'm not raising Want you raise your hands, you know what you need. Where's your hunger been lately? How's your prayer life? How's your time with God? I'm gonna tell you something, when I don't hear his voice I feel dry. I feel, you know, listen, if if God don't speak to me, what, what is life worth? If Jesus is not real, if all that He promises is not real, why why would I want to live? We die. We cease to exist. What a what a hopeless thought, right? We're going six feet under. What? I can't imagine just going six. Well, six feet under. All my life living on it now. Just put me in a hole, let the worms eat me. Without no hope beyond that? The Pe- majority of people do that. They have that. And I said, I, I'm going to ask one hey, Don't you feel that's, that's pitiful? F- hopeless? Your life don't mean nothing? If you go on forever, it means something. If you go into eternal life, yeah. It means something. I'd rather stay with Jesus. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I, I, listen, I know what he's done in my life. I know how much he's meant to me. I know how he's changed me. I don't want to go no other way father we thank you for this morning i just thank you for your word this morning lord god i hope this helps someone this morning and i pray for encouragement and strength for the people of this church and for those that are not here and lord i ask you to bless this congregation bless this church bless the people bless the holy bless the holy spirit in their life father